Hey, you guys, I want to interrupt this podcast because I have something time sensitive that I want you to know about. On September 13th, 14th, and 15th, I'm hosting an online three-day event, and it's absolutely free. All you have to do is register. We're calling it Created for More because we believe deep down inside all of us, there's a voice really connected to the way God created us that knows there's more on our life than maybe what we're living. And we want to help get that out, that purpose and that call. So we're going to look at three main topics we believe are critical for you to live this full, wholehearted life that you're called to. We're going to look at defining your boundaries. We're going to look at hearing and knowing God's voice. And we're also going to discover how to chase those dreams God's way and maybe even find out if they're his dreams. So join me. It's absolutely free September 13th through the 15th. And if you like want to invite somebody, this is the perfect event because you can be anywhere. You can live anywhere. If you're in England, if you're in Ireland, if you're in Australia, this event is perfect for you. You can come to the event. So how do you get signed up? Very easy. Go to thetruthacademy.com. That's thetruthacademy.com or click the link in our show notes and make sure you sign up. Once you sign up, we'll take it from there and make sure you get all the reminders and you won't miss a thing. You guys, I'm so honored to do this life with you and I really believe these are the moments that change our lives. Hi, you guys, this is Home with Havila, and this is a podcast where we get real. We get honest. We talk about what it looks like to love God, but still have flaws and to walk it through so that we can begin to live that abundant life that we we know is there and possible. It just takes some serious intention. So this whole month, we've been talking about relationships. If you remember a couple weeks ago, Krista Smith was my guest and I introduced you to this amazing woman. I cannot wait for you to hear her story. So if you missed it, go back her and I hold a conversation in, in the beginning. And then last week, she took the whole podcast all by herself and talked about what it looks like. I think she calls it, I was singled out in a couple's world. And she talks all about what it looks like to contend and be content at the same time. So if that's your story and where you're at, which I believe it's around 70% of the American church are single women. Go listen to that. You will love that. And we can be single for various reasons. And we're going to jump into that today. So if you loved this series on relationships, let us know. Leave a comment. Put it in your DMs. Maybe even take a picture of the podcast and let your community know about this. We want you guys to love it and share it and tell us more of what you want so we can serve you in that way. And just a side note, next month, we're jumping into a brand new series, which I'm going to share at the end of this podcast, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. All right, let's jump into today's podcast on our last and final show, at least for this series on relationships. Today, we decided as a team that we wanted to pull apart, not just the waiting on God and contending and being a single woman. We want to talk about when the story, well, it looks a little messy, when the story doesn't go as you thought it would, and maybe take a left turn or a right turn or 
maybe even in some way you create an Ishmael in your life. And what does it look like to rebuild from that and to still have a hopeful story and what it looks like to have restoration or at least walking into restoration. So today I invited one of our team members, Courtney, to come join us. And if you're on our socials, you know Courtney already. She's already there. But I love Courtney. I met Courtney actually online. Her and I began to be friends online and we connected for many years. And then she reached out and asked if there was a way that she could serve me with finding sponsorships. And so we started that relationship. And then I finally just enjoyed her so much. And I love her heart and her passion and her giftings. I was like, can we get you on the team? And so she agreed to be on the team last year and has really come on almost full time with us this season. But I love Courtney because when you talk to Courtney, you would never know that she's had some incredible highs, but some really severe lows in her story and her romantic relationships and her life. And, you know, at this point, she's got a pretty picture. Uh, she's married to an incredible man, which I won't give you all the details. Um, and she has a beautiful family. But how many of you know that that sometimes is not the whole story? And so I thought it'd be good for Courtney and I to hold a conversation on divorce, remarrying, divorce, remarrying, having kids, uh, all the things we want to talk about that. We're not ashamed of that. Like that's oftentimes the story. I have very good friends that have been divorced and it was devastating. And then God brought them the right person. And I've had friends that have been divorced and they're still waiting. And then other friends that are divorced and don't want to get in a relationship. So again, our goal is never to put people in boxes as if this is the only way to do it. We want everyone to feel free to live their story, trust God, be healed and keep moving, right? Keep moving. So Courtney, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, thank you. I love you have, you know, I do. <laughs> and I love being a part of the team. It just has been, it's just a joy. So, you know, all of this and thanks for having me on. Of course. You know, I love you. Uh, Courtney and I are sevens on the Enneagram. So I never feel like I have to explain myself to this woman ever. No, no, we're pretty, we're pretty aligned. (laughs) So yeah, no, no, I get you. I get you. Okay. So Courtney, you and I were talking about putting this podcast series together. And then we talked about possibly you sharing your life on this podcast, the story. So tell me why that resonated with you and maybe why you think people might get something from your story. Yeah. So, well, I feel like I've lived a few lives within one lifetime already and I'm 45. So (laughs) I feel like it's been really incredible because I'm pretty involved in, in women's ministry, ministering to women, just even outside of truth to table. And it's amazing. The stories that come across my path, you know, women are diverse and we are multifaceted and I have loved being able to encounter different women who come to the table with a different story and they're wondering if they've been counted out. They're wondering if it's too late for them. They are wondering all sorts of things, right? Because the enemy likes to feed us full of lies and diminish our strength and, and the space we take up in the world. And so I have found 
that my ability to connect with them that God has given me has actually come out of my story and out of my pain. So, you know, whether it's the young single that is like watching her friends get married and kind of feeling like she's hearing that ticking of the clock. I felt like that even though I was only 21 the first time I got married, but I still was watching people. You know, if you're a Christian and you're in a Christian community, people can tend to get married pretty young. So so you feel like, oh gosh, when is my true love going to come along? So I felt that. And then Yeah, I mean, I can share there's several different (laughs) twists and turns along the way. So whether someone is divorced, single parenting, I've been able to just kind of um, connect with the women whose stories, you know, aren't picture perfect. It's not the cookie cutter. It hasn't fit a perfect path. And so I just, I love your heart, Havila, that you're like, listen, this is our community. This is our truth to table community. The women that follow you um, on your socials, she is just chasing God's heart, right? And her call for her life. And so her life looks different. Life looks different for all of us. And so I love that you're including the woman who also her story hasn't followed a perfect path. And so I think that's where we were like, Oh, Courtney Courtney went totally left a few times. (laughs) Well, let me say, I did not know that was part of your story um, until I got to know you. And you know how you'll hear people say, you know, you've gone through the fire, but you don't smell like smoke. And that's what I think has resonated with you in, at least in my life is when I begin to actually hear parts of your story, I'm shocked that you've gone through it because there's no real residue of bitterness and anger. And I'm sure you had all those moments, but you know, even pain being maybe your identity, you've really been able to walk through. So kind of start in the beginning, you're 21, you get married, you have your first baby, right? Is that, that's kind of what it is. Oh yeah. Right. And then how does, and you, you said to me, you did all that, right. You were like, I did exactly how the church told me to do it. Is that true? Totally. So yeah, I'll start there. And guess what's really kind of crazy. I just looked at my phone. It is July 26th when we're recording this. I kind of have chills. This is strange. So this would have been my 24th wedding anniversary. Stop it. Courtney, stop. (laughs) God is so good. Like, let me just stop a moment. Like, can everybody just like, I hope people can feel this when they listen to this. Oh Lord, you're so, so good. Okay. So I was 21. It was 1997. It was July 26th and we were in um, ministry together, young life. And it was kind of like, we were the not, I mean, sunny and share, like everyone was like, oh my gosh, you know, Mm -hmm. they like, we were, we were hilarious. I have to say, um, we had just so much fun youth ministry. If you know it, it's go big or go home. Um, and we were kind of everybody's favorite people. We were kind of this token Christian couple. And we loved doing ministry together. We got married. 
And then, you know, three years, my prayer was always, Lord, you're just going to allow me to get pregnant when you want me to get pregnant. Your timing is perfect. We did everything right. Um, We waited till we got married to have sex, like the whole thing, right? Like you just did it. And two, for me, I just was like, yes, the Lord like blesses those who obey. Mm. And I just trusted him so much. And I remember at one point I was on my face in my room, kind of having a moment and just sobbing. I was like, Lord, just make me more like you. I want to be like Christ, whatever that takes. Like, I just, I want my story to be authentic and real. Um, And then I shortly thereafter got pregnant and I was like, this is God's perfect timing. And then fast forward, um, although I did cry when I found out I was pregnant, because I was like, wait a minute, I can't keep my room clean. How am I supposed to? So, I mean, I was like 23, so I was still very young. And two weeks after my daughter was born, our daughter was born, a bunch of stuff came out. So uh, Mm. lots of sexual sin on his part. um, And that's something that he has worked really hard on and restored. So I don't feel like I'm telling um, too much of his, his story. I won't go into the depth or the breadth of, of that, right. but it did kind of unfold even through therapy and that not really working. And, and it was a long process for him to get to a place where he wanted to be completely healed. Um, yeah. And so I felt very betrayed. I hit a certain point where I was like, you know, I'm done. Uh, I'm just really done. I was done with God. I was like, I cannot tell kids to put their faith into God when I am now questioning it because I trust in God's timing perfectly. And then he waits to bring all of this out. It's been happening for pretty much the entirety of my marriage. And he waits until I have a baby. So I was pretty Mm -hmm. bitter. And I went, I was really angry. I say I gave God the middle finger, which is very off, off the cuff, I know, <laughs> but like, that is how off the rails I was. I got very bitter, very angry. And of course I'm surrounded in Christian community. And they were like, God is going to allow good to come from this. And that actually made me really angry. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's nice. You're going to lead me through the wilderness so that you can what make me a better person. Like this is right. not what I signed on for this with is with a baby with all of it. Yeah. And in hindsight, I think I had the, you know, postpartum depression. It was very, it was just crazy. Right. You know, and your first one, your hormones are all out of whack, but it was not great at all. And he didn't want to be honest for quite some time. And so I made a quick shift and they do say that, that when women are done, they're just done. And I was very honest about where I was, but what I also did is I I made a very clear decision. In fact, I had a conversation at one point with God and with the enemy. And I was like, yeah, I've done it his way. I'm over that. I will not, I don't care. Like I will, I'm not going to do this God's way anymore. It was a very, you know, crazy conversation to have. It is something I've had to do a lot of, you know, work on over the years, you know, that's part of of, you know, what you talk about, I don't smell like smoke. There's been a lot of like breaking off of things that I opened doors to in that kind of conversation in that moment where I decided to go left, but, and that's also beautiful. It's part of the story. It's been 
it's, it's amazing. I love it. Um, but yeah, I decided to actually jump into a relationship, although I was very open about it because I was kind of unabashed about how I was sure. going to live my life. Um, and it was with a gentleman that I actually like worked with. I was teaching leadership and coaching cheer and dance and all this stuff at a high school. And I said, I'm stepping out of ministry. I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. And and I was like, and I'm feeling a really strong attraction to this guy. I'm going to be with him. And he was wonderful with my daughter. And, but he was very clearly the polar opposite of my first husband. Um, mm. At that point, my first husband had a little bit of a like, oh crap, what's happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh wait, maybe I need to get honest. I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. I had filed for divorce and he essentially held on to the papers and wouldn't sign them. So it was like this very messy, very yucky yeah. Christian community. I watched it kind of un- unravel that. And I and went- And Courtney, yeah. you're, you were young. I mean, you're I talking was, what, 23? Totally. It wasn't until years later, I got into therapy and the therapist, yeah. anyone give you permission to just fall apart? And I was like, no. Mm-mm. No, they didn't like my parents were very much and my community was like, God can use this. You don't get divorced. I just was like, there was just still a lot of demonization of divorce, which I'm not saying that it's good. Um, and, and I had a biblical out. Um, what was really interesting is that I was not familiar with like the prophetic or anything other than the fact that I knew the assemblies of God church in the town that I grew up in, like that mm-hmm. people would fall over and speak in tongues. And it scared me because I, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Amy Grant was devil's music. If that gives you any idea how, I mean, the organ was getting crazy. So, uh, (laughs) so I had someone speak to me though. They said, I have received like a word from the Lord. And it's this, that you can get out of this marriage. You have a biblical out. However, if you choose to move forward in this next relationship with this next man that you're in a relationship with now, it will cause a ripple effect that will affect you beyond what you can see. And I was like, that's nice. You have a word from the Lord. Where was that when like, like where was God's like inside track when I had totally husband and I was like thinking I'd get pregnant in perfect timing. So all of that to say, dated this man for three years. He always wanted to marry me. I put it off, put it off. I even said like, I finally kind of acquiesced. Um, It was clearly very unhealthy. He was not a Christian kind of went to church, but it was like, yeah, I went to church because I dated a girl that went to church. And if you kind of want to go to church every once in a while, I used to go. Yeah. Probably once a year to see if I could feel something with the worship music. Cause at that point, you know, I was clearly going to a much more progressive church. <laughs> I was in the Bay area, um, went to a really incredible church and I would just kind of visit to see if I could feel something. And I would kind of do this. Hey God, if you, if you're really real, you'll like speak something really clear to me or I don't, you know, like you, you want to ask for the impossible so that, because you don't really want to get out of what you're in. So all of that, we were dating for three years. We got married. I said, I'll be married, but I want to be like 
drunk in Vegas. I refuse to have God mentioned. I want to wear a pantsuit <laughs> and I'm going to look fabulous. And so that was, I, can you believe it? Havla? I mean, like, really, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I was like, and I did, I looked fabulous, but I was like, I am not doing what I did before where like literally my first wedding, people will still lifelong friends will talk about and be like, I recommitted my life to the Lord from that wedding. Like it was, Oh my gosh. You know, we were like, so all about Jesus. So I swung very left, got married and he was wonderful with my daughter. It was good in the worldly sense. We had this SoCal kind of life together. Cause then we moved to Southern California. We had the house with the pool. Um, I would, you know, have my girlfriends on the weekend. We'd go out, do VIP at the club. Like I yep. had, I didn't have my kid part of the time and I was living that life. And, and as I said, I would go to church and just kind of try to feel that out. And then I'd be like, well, God didn't audibly speak to me. So guess that's fine. And I was very rebellious and bitter. And then I very much planned for it. Cause I had a lot of trauma surrounding, you know, like you have a baby, your life falls apart. Yeah. Um, so did it did start to go into therapy. That's where a therapist said like, Hey, did anyone give you permission to like fall apart? Or were they just ultra focused on you? Like keeping your marriage together. I was like, they were just ultra focused on me mm-hmm. keeping my marriage together. And I am a seven. So I do have a tendency to go, Oh, how can I recreate myself? Like how I was like, this is not working out. This was yeah. the of this perfect Christian life. And then here's this guy I have chemistry with, and he is like the total opposite, but I can have like the California, cause I'm originally from Washington state. So like being in California, all was like celebrities, Hollywood, palm trees, sunshine. Yep. We're happy. Yep. So I was like, I can have this life with this guy and it looks totally different, but I have an opportunity to like live that kind of a life. So we lived that kind of life, really nice vehicles, very worldly, fast paced life. And also he loved my daughter. He wanted to have another child. We did that. I got pregnant after lots of work to be like, okay, yes, I will have a child with you. And as I said, I wasn't aware of like encounter with God, really. Um, I wouldn't have ever called anything I experienced that. Although now I know, I know, I look back and I know differently, but right. they, I had my son and they placed him in my arms and I had as best as I can describe it, an epiphany. I heard the Lord say to me, Courtney, I brought you to the desert and you bailed. And so now I have to take you back to the beginning. We would have worked through all of this. You chose to bail. I now have to take you back to the beginning of that. And I was not dismayed by that. I was overwhelmed. I would say that Mm. it felt like I was coming out of water and finally able to breathe. I realized Mm -hmm. I had never felt joy and peace in all of those. It had, it was six years from the time my daughter was born until the time my son was born. Wow. And I felt God's love in my heart. And I went, God, everyone's going to think I'm crazy. Like this is crazy. And so I started to have conversations with my husband at the time. And I said, we were in all intents and purposes an affair. 
because I was not fully divorced from my husband at right. all at the time when all of this started up, it was kind of very illicit. And it was, I just said, I have to go back to my faith. I have to kind of go back to the last thing that the Lord gave me a word on, which reminded me of my friend who said, you should not go forward with this relationship. My mother was like, oh my gosh, two wrongs don't make a right. You don't go and get divorced again. I mean, it just was like, yes, you're crazy. You're, you're insane. And I just said, (laughs) is there any way? And keep in mind too, I kind of made this deal with the devil. So there was a lot of, I was fumbling my way through. I was definitely like the most important thing became my relationship with the Lord as best as I could. I was trying to make sense of it. I had cut all of my relationships really with anybody that was in the Christian community. I had some, you know, friends, but not really like wise counsel that I could seek out. Um, And so I shared this with my husband at the time. I said, I kind of want to undo this and rebuild it the way God would want to rebuild it, which is, you know, hindsight. I still am like, oh, well, that's, that is crazy. But he was like, (laughs) okay, that's fine. He got on legalzoom.com, filed for divorce, and then literally was like in a relationship very soon thereafter. And he was like, yeah, we can do this, but it won't be friendly. Like you are with your ex, who's my daughter's dad. Um, and we still to this day have a fabulous relationship. Um, we don't always see eye to eye, but we co-parent very well. And, you know, I met him when I was 18. So like we have, he's almost more like a brother now. I love his wife. I love his daughters. Like we just, we are the new all American family. So (laughs) my son's dad, it was just very different and it just, it was very contentious. So did uh, he feel, I mean, not to get into his private life, but did he just feel like I didn't marry a Christian woman? I I don't really want to do this. Yeah, there was a little bit of that. It was kind of like, you want to go and undo our marriage to redo it and, and do it like in a godly way. He just like, yeah, I'm not here for that. And yep. Like it, it just, it didn't make sense to him. And Hey, listen, it didn't make sense to a lot of people. I even in hindsight, I'm like, oh gosh, you know, that was really interesting. But I also was like, I had this feeling where I was like, I have to, I can't keep doing life the way that I'm doing it. Yeah. It's very very worldly. And I don't know if this is the best way forward, but it's, it's the way I'm going to go. And God did tell me, Courtney, this is going to be the hardest thing you're ever going to do, but I'm leaving you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And I have never left you. And I heard from someone years later that God goes with us, even in our self-appointed exiles. And because I know it to be true in my own life, I self-elected to put myself in exile and I know God never left me. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I say I made a deal with the devil and I pushed God away, I know, no, no, beyond like in my knower that he never left me. So I was fumbling forward and still like, still kind of trying to have a foot in both worlds, but knowing I had to move forward towards my faith and towards the Lord in a way that did not look conventional. I already knew I had blown it out of the water. I was never going to be 
the good Christian ministry darling that I had been in my youth. Like I had just kind of been kind of appointed. I worked in Christian camps and it was like, they would ask me to get up and speak. And it was like, Courtney's such a great speaker. And she's so fun to kind of watch be dramatic (laughs) and all of my stuff. And I just kind of knew I was meant for that. I knew I was called to ministry. I loved ministering to people. I loved entering into their story. I I just had fallen from grace though. I just knew it. I was like, okay, Lord, this isn't, this does not look how I thought it would look. And now it even looks messier. It's one thing to be divorced and part of the story, but then to decide, oh, now I want God to be a part of the story. And your story is like, yeah, you've created such a new storyline that like, this doesn't work for this book. You just, you like, didn't even write a new chapter, Courtney, you decided to start a whole new book and write your own story. And God doesn't fit in that. And so for me to try to back out Mm. of the story and then try to align my story with the Lord's, it was not pretty. It was messy. And then. So like looking back, do you feel like looking back? Cause again, there's more to the story. Wait till you guys don't go yet. Cause it's getting, it gets better. (laughs) But did you looking back, do you, was there a panic of like, oh my gosh, we, I need to tear down all of this and restart. And he obviously, you know, the husband at the time, he couldn't do that with you. He was not willing to do that with you as rebuild, rebuild it from scratch. And so now you're by yourself, you've got two kids and you're thinking like, like what, looking back now, what would you have told yourself at that point? Oh, that's a great question. I, you know what I would have told myself? stop trying to continue to write the story, like really just because then what happened and actually, I don't, I don't know if you know this part, but my childhood sweetheart from my hometown found me on my space. If that gives you guys any idea of what, (laughs) (laughs) what age range we're in (laughs) 2007 ish. And so it, it was like, Hey, you, I know you. And I thought, Oh, I've aged so much better than him. This is so great. And then he was like, I got to tell you, your faith was so important to you growing up. And I never under kind of understood that I kind of missionary dated a little sure. bit. You know, they went, they were priesters. They'd go to church, you know, <laughs> Christmas and Easter. And, and he just never understood like my passion for Jesus being my best friend. And he was like, I have to tell you, it's always stuck with me. I still have the Bible that you gave me. Um, God has led me to him. And I just went instantly, of course, the seven in me and the hopeless romantic. I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, is this what you've been meaning to do this whole time? All the way along. Oh, totally. And then I have all this, you know. I'm, I'm a writer and I clearly, it's like, oh, the storyline. I, then again, I'm like, oh, well, this makes sense. This guy is a Christian. He has history. I mean, our grandparents like grew up in the same small town together, like that type of thing, like so much history. I'm like, oh, this is it. And then you get these like visions of like a hometown wedding and all this, all yes. this stuff, right? Yeah. So you're Courtney, you're basically saying, cause there's a lot of women on here that relate to this romantic part of us that thinks I can clean this up. I can fix this. This is the redeemable moment. I, all I got to do is just go right here, be with this person, 
start this part of my life and it'll be fine. It'll work itself out. I, I know I've been, I definitely have felt vulnerable to that. Like if I could just do it this way, I can actually clean it up for God. And maybe it's all the broken roads led me straight to you. Like maybe it's that story, you know, but you're saying at this point, you're still trying to be the leader in your life. You're still trying to lead this story. Absolutely. And Spoiler alert, without getting into all of that, that ended disastrously. We did get married. We got divorced very shortly thereafter. But not only that, the things that occurred in that marriage were so, and keep in mind, I was plugged into church. I wanted us to get Christian counseling. I wanted us right. to just, I, I was like, okay, Lord, like third time's a charm, right? Like this is so much more of you in this story. And in hindsight, it's like he was shaking his head at me, just going, girl, right? why do you insist on writing your own redemption story? It is not Mm. yours to write. I have so much more for you. And that is the thing is, even though I could have dreamt up the most romantic and perfect thing, it is still never going to be as good as what God has for you. God's best for us is always better. And that sounds like something you find on Pinterest, but I got to <laughs> tell you, it's so true. So after the third marriage, yes, husband number three fell apart in the most disastrous way. Are you I, feeling at this point? How old are you at this point? So at this point I am 30, 35. So you're because, 30. Okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. 35. Lordy, you've had, you've had like multiple lives now. I mean, this is a, this is an unbelievable. No, it's no, really. And, and, and I, I love it because there are people that are on here that are like, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Or I was a part of a home that was this way. Like, I think it's just really important that we talk about this kind of stuff. So I'm with you. I think you're very courageous. Keep going. Thank you. Well, and also for the woman who maybe did it right. And she's in the marriage and she wonders, yes, if, what if, and, and here's the thing is the enemy is a liar, right? And he's going to always make us think that the better story is not the one that we're in. It's always going to be like, well, if I would have married my high school sweetheart, or maybe that guy who seems to hear me at work better. Yep. And this is a mess. And I only people know this. I mean, like no one knows it because behind closed doors, it's all happening behind closed doors. And I will say this historically, and I do think we're getting out of this in the capital C church. Mm-hmm. I do believe women, especially and men, but I can speak to women because I am one. Um, right. I believe that we have a lot of women sitting in the pews of our churches every Sunday screaming. Yep. Sunday that they don't feel that they can really come and be authentic with. And I lived that. I did not feel like I could tell my first husband's story. We were in ministry. And when you're Mm. in ministry and when you know God has a call on your life, you do not feel like you can be honest about what's really going on. And there is discernment. However, you know, there's a fine line between discernment and then having this whole thing where you feel like you cannot share it and then it impedes your ability to get healthy. So I, I'm very true. 
and, and, and I think the enemy breeds lies there. So you have things that no one knows because it's going on behind closed doors and they'd never guess. And then you start to believe that another storyline might be better. And I I'm here to tell you guys, it's like, it, it doesn't matter who, who you're with. There's yeah. pluses and minuses yep. because I have yep. to say I have been loved very, very well. I have had passionate love stories. I have had sweet love stories. Yeah. I yeah, have yeah. truly married different men with different strengths and different weaknesses. And, you know, one guy, it's like, there's all the chemistry, but you know, he has no backbone or another yeah. one, you know, is like the perfect Christian story, but he, you know, has the sexual sin that he had. It's like, there's, you know, it's like one guy's, you know, great in all the other areas, but he has no intention to live his life by God's standards. It's like, pick your heart, people pick. Wow. your heart. So, wow. so it's going to be hard with everybody. It, it just depends on what your heart looks like because we're all just human. So yep. all of that being said, third marriage ends disastrously. And then I get like, uh, already like, I am done, done. I am really done. I don't <laughs> need, I don't need another. I just was like getting out of the third marriage going, thank God we didn't have kids together because totally. I, this is all still a little too Jerry Springer for me. I was not raised. <laughs> I cannot believe that two kids from two different husbands, three, three husbands total. I just, I joked about making a t-shirt that said, God is my fourth husband. I was like, and all <laughs> who had you know like seen me through all of me oh my gosh I was like and I still think that's a funny t-shirt to make maybe someone else will need it but yeah yeah, yeah. uh, hopefully there isn't too much of a market for that but anyway I I also joke I say that I'm like Liz Taylor like way less jewelry I'm like oh you Mm -hmm, know I have mm -hmm. to find humor in it so you really do and let me just pause for a second because this is what the enemy wants to do he wants us to feel like we're disqualified. We can't, you know, I, I, I'll just be honest. There are people that I know currently that are in ministry that have had secret divorces because not, they're not in my ministry and they're not somebody that I have the ability to like go in and say, Hey, but I mean, I have friends that I know who have had divorces and I reach out and I privately say, Hey, I saw that you lost the marriage. I want you to know, I love you. I see you, but they're having to hide it because the world won't accept that part of their story. And so I just, I'm not saying that, you know, we want to like, I'm not going to surprise you guys and say that I secretly got divorced. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's the part, like, I feel like we need to be honest that this is the part that we have to be able to experience and accept other people's stories. And any part of us that wants to judge it or tell the story or we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And so if you don't, if you are not the other person in the marriage, you don't get a vote. And I I know that sounds like, cause you and I, Courtney, we talk about this, you know, I'm pro marriage. I'm pro like fight with all you got, stay married, all the things, but I have friends that are close to me that it was impossible there's some marriages, it's impossible. So, you know, we only get to control one person in the relationship and that's ourself. The other person we can't control. If there's an addiction, if there's abuse, if there's a full rejection and abandonment, we can't control that. That person gets to do that. There's other parts of us that 
our life has set us up to not know how to overcome uh, impossible situations. And so without the right support and people being, you're being willing to be with you when you completely fall apart, then you walk away from your relationship because you think I'm by myself anyway, and I don't want to go through hell with somebody by myself. And then you have the impulsive relationship, which is, you know what? God's going to figure this out. This is the right person. He loves God. I love God. We're all going to figure it out. I have seen people make catastrophic decisions because they both love God. That is not enough to get married because you just love God. And so you're just giving us like, yeah, you had to live through it. I'm sorry. I I know that having been in your life a little bit, um, there has been much price paid for this story. Like I know you and I are talking like next, 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 next. But the truth is there is no one that I know that is so open hearted, having gone through things that you'll never be able to share on a podcast. So I, you know, I just, I want our listeners to follow me on this and not go into the like, Oh, wow. Like that's, that's interesting. No, no, no. Like let's all find the part of our stories where we, if somebody saw what was really going on, they would see those uh, failed moments in our lives that we tried to become God in our own world or went through something disastrous and didn't know how to recover. So I just want to pause right there and let everyone know, because there is a good part to this story. And I know we're getting into that. We are, we are. Well, and to really like, you have to decide who you, even as um, an observer of someone else's story, like who are you going to partner with God or the enemy on this? Because when you, I mean, come on, Courtney, believe that God really is who he says he is, because then that means he really can restore it. Even if I had not really good reasons to get out of my marriages. Maybe I didn't. I mean, like lots of people might be hearing this and go, well, she didn't have to get out. She might've had a biblical out of the first marriage, but she didn't have to. He never really wanted the divorce. And the second guy, maybe he, you know, wasn't a believer, but you know, God could have done something. She should have stayed in that. And, you know, like I, I, Trust me, there's not anything you could say about my story that I haven't also heard myself. So I definitely think like, and the third marriage, it, that was not my choice. I, he wanted to get out, he filed. So all of that being said, like, are you going to partner with God as a, yeah, as a bystander? I love that. And also in your story, like, do we really believe that God is who he says he is? Then that means he can redeem anyone's story, no matter what kind of poor choices they've made. And and that's, that's kind of where I found myself, where I decided that I was going to run headlong into chasing God. I was like, I am. And, and I also don't think you have to chase God. I think he's there the whole time, but I think it's a heart posture. Yeah. 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 I am going to chase so hard after him. He's going to have to be like, chill out, Courtney. Like you, like, this is a little, (laughs) this is a little much. And I started (laughs) to, um, I actually kickstarted it with like a 30 day thing that I did where I didn't, I no longer chatted with friends. I know like had girls nights and I was alone. I mean, like alone, alone. So imagine being in Southern California. I have two kids. Also, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with high functioning autism. So that also makes life really interesting and not super easy at times. 
it's hilarious other times. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there's that component. I have different kind of schedules with the different kids. And when I was alone, I felt very alone because as a single mom, I sat in that and I I was like, I only have 50% of the time at most that I have my kids. And so the other 50% of the time you're left by yourself and you can Mm -hmm. fill it as a single parent. There's a lot of temptation to fill that girls nights, dating, all of this stuff. And I was tempted, especially as a seven to try to distract myself, right? Cause it's about getting to the next best thing. And it's like, Yes, even I mean, anything and I had a great career and I was traveling. And so there was that but I got really I made myself do kind of a self appointed thing for 30 days where I did nothing but actually listen to a lot of your stuff have a lot, a lot of Chris Mm. Valentin. I dove so deep into the word and into kind of finding my prophetic voice and getting into that and chasing after what God really wanted for me. Because I was like, what is it that, you know, like I joked about God as my fourth husband, but I was like, I'm done with this. And, and I don't, (laughs) I don't believe that there can be any better story, but the one where I am chasing after the call you have on my life, Mm -hmm. because for all I know, this whole thing with my first husband happened and keep in mind and women, we do this, right? Like I'm watching all my friends get married. I remember when my first husband proposed to me, I knew he had a ring because we went to go look for rings. And I thought for sure he was going to propose this one night and he didn't. And I ended up crying and like calling him and being, and he ended up coming over and proposing because he felt bad. I was crying and, and all of that, like I was very, you know, sevens can be very pushy. If you have an eight, ring. <laughs> yes, we are like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll make this stuff happen. So it's like, and I wanted to be married. I felt that God had called me to be a mm-hmm. wife, a mother and have ministry. And so by all means, I was going to do my part to make it happen. And I got so surrendered and I was so broken that I was like, what if the whole point was that I was never supposed to be married. I mean, there's a reason why it says in the Bible, it's better to be single for people who are really called. I'm like, what happens if I was supposed to have a ministry that I got in the way of, because I was trying to write a romance story. Maybe the romance mm-hmm. story is supposed to happen between me and God. And God really wow. spoke to me in that. And he was like, do you believe I can be intimate with you? Do you believe that? Like, I love you intimately, do you believe that you could live forevermore and never have a husband and be completely and totally fulfilled? And it was in that moment that I was like, yes. And I, in fact, got so hungry to just like dive into like what was next for me and God that I just kind of had blinders on it. And I was like, all righty, well, like, what does this look like? And you, <laughs> you know, you mentioned something at the top of the show, Havla, where you're like, you know, Lord, when are you going to bring that right person? And that yeah. also is very much like a Christian thing, right? Like God bringing you the right person. It's like, what if God's trying to bring you your best self? Wow. Like, Come on. Like become God's best person you can be. I just was like, who does, who does Courtney look like when I am doing everything, just me and God. 
And I really am making wow. love. God, my fourth husband, like, what's that look like? Yeah. And I started yeah. to just really have some things opened up for me. And I got connected up in LA with a great community of people. And it ended up being that I had a friend who was like, listen, I need you to meet with a friend of mine for coffee. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm sorry, what? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, it's this guy. He's been like my best friend for years. And and I just, you know, I gotta, I gotta have you guys meet. And I was like, I am not, no, mm-mm, no, <laughs> I am not doing this. And she was like, listen, she goes, I'll be totally honest. I, in fact, like had a crush on this guy, like, you know, like at one point in time, like, and I've tried to push this away and Holy spirit won't let me let it go. So just meet for the meet for coffee. <laughs> and then it's off my hand. She goes, I don't know if it's for ministry or what. I was like, what, what's this guy's story? And she said, well, he's younger than you. And he's a music director at like a mega church down in San Diego. And I was like, oh, too. Cause like mega church, I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, cause at this point I'm like, how do we gather around tables and just like be creative and do like early church stuff? I was like, high production wasn't my, my jam. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, alrighty. I'm like a music director. And I never got into the, like the, I, all my friends dated somebody who was in a band, like through college or sure. something. I just right. never, I, I was never that girl. Um, I was like, give me the funny guy who's up in front of everybody. But like, I just was <laughs> never into like the drummer, or whatever. So it was so funny. I was like, alrighty. So I go, I meet this guy for coffee. And, you know, like even that I was like, mm, I don't know if he's my type. Like, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like he's, he looks like he works out. He's like tall, broad shoulders, like whatever. I get it. But right. even that I was like, is he a, is he like a brosif? Is he like a gym right. rat? Like what is, I was like, <laughs> my story. And I'm like, not sure if I like love his face, like all this stuff. And literally it's like, God took his hands and clapped him and went, look at me look at me the way we do. He was like, what, what is happening? And I, all of a sudden, like felt myself say, Lord, align my heart and mind to yours on this man. I don't want to look at him through my eyes. I don't want to see like how I feel chemistry wise through my own chemistry. I want every single thing, mind, body, soul to be aligned, spirit aligned with yours on this man. And needless to say, the rest is history. We had a very intentional and fairly quick courtship. We dated for eight months, very intentionally. He pursued me relentlessly. I have never felt more adored. <laughs> he was more, and he is an eight. He is very forthright. He is very forward. And he was like, I'm going to full throttle pursue you now. So you can just sit back. And <laughs> he would he would have me come down. He would say, you know what? I want you to come down and spend time and go to church and meet my people. And I was like, wait, he wants me to meet his people. Like sometimes in dating, I have a lot of girls that are like, well, you know, we've been dating for six months and I don't know, like they don't have any history. I was meeting yep, people that, yep. were like, that were like, I have known Jacob since he was 12 and he is the same person. Like, I mean, he's grown and changed, but like, he is always been consistent. He has always been reliable. He has Incredible. always had great integrity. He 
always brings excellence to every environment he's in. Now, Jacob, had Jacob ever been married? No, not married. You guys, let's talk about this. I had just turned 40. I had my 40th birthday up in LA with all my friends up there. It was super cool, you know, because LA people are super cool. And, <laughs> and literally that whole entire group of friends in that community that I have up there, they were like, you do not look a day over like 25, 29. And I it's do. It's true. <laughs> I know it's true. Under a rain cloud. So that's what happens when you have no sun exposure <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest. You do tend to look younger, but I felt great. I looked great. I felt it. And I just felt like God and I were having this yummy, delicious, romantic thing where I was like, what are we doing next? Maybe I'm supposed to be traveling the world. What am I like? I should be writing a book. I started writing, but you know, like there's just all this stuff. I got super focused on the Lord and every single environment I went into, I, it became Lord align my heart and mind to yours on this for my life with this guy, whatever. And I, I was though our first date, he was like, so tell me about you. And I was like, okay, watch this guy run. I was like, <laughs> let me start. The year was, I I was 21, got married to old baby. I like literally, but I told him like all of the stuff you guys, like there's so much more stuff. That's another podcast, but I, I was like, I'm going to watch this guy run. Like it's super mm. cool. I was like, and he just sat there and listened to me. And it's like, he looked at me, he's like, I see you and I raise you. I am going Mm -hmm. to put you up in a hotel and honor you. Um, Every single time I want to see you, I'm going to either come to you and make that work or I will. Cause I was up in like North Orange County kind of area. Yeah. He was, yeah. You you had a child too, right? You have have a, a third son, a third son. So we got married, um, and then got pregnant like right away. And here's the other thing too, is Judah is my miracle child because I have lots of like ovarian cysts. I mean, we're getting personal. Mm. Sorry if it's TMI. (laughs) I do TMI all the time. So I wasn't sure too, with having turned 40, like, sure. Like I'm not, you know, here I have like my, I have I make all my children feel like only children. They're all spread out. My daughter was, was going to say a child each decade almost. Totally. So, <laughs> so we have, um, so we had you, we got pregnant right away and I was like, all right, so we're doing this. And you guys, here's the thing too, about this is that even in marriage number four, which is so very clearly like I got super locked in on God. And then God was able to write my story, my redemption story. Mm. I have to say this, it still is not perfect. Like we are both leading, but we are also very strong-willed people. And it has been tough. It's tough to have a baby when you're 41. It is tough. He was, so he had just turned 31 when I met him. I had just turned 40. And you, so there's almost a decade between us, never been engaged, never been married, no baby mama stuff. Like he literally, I was like, okay, this is a miracle. Like this is God's favor upon me to find a man who didn't have any of that sort of baggage. I was like, this is unbelievable. So he, he is incredible. Um, but it has not been easy, but God has also been writing my redemption story, even through the beauty and the brutal, I call it brutal. It's brutal and beautiful um, story in our marriage. And it's 
it's incredible to have a man that will contend for you. And that is like, I am not going anywhere. I am going to stay in integrity. This is hard. Mm. It's exactly what, what God wants to do. It's growing me into the person he wants me to be. It's growing you into the person he wants you to be. And we are, he asked me, he said, why would you get married again when we were dating? And I said, the only reason why I would get married is because it would be someone who wants to come alongside me in what God is already doing in my life and in my own call. Um, they would have to have their own thing that they're on, you know, like their own call. And then it would need to make sense and strengthen us together. It would really need to be like power couple spiritually. Like that's, it would need to make sense because it was just, and that is exactly what God has done. Like we are truly better together. And, and I, this is the story I didn't want to write. I didn't even want to go to coffee with him. In fact, I was like, (laughs) you know, coming up with this whole, like, Oh my wrist, he doesn't. And that's the other thing too, is that God was like, do not judge the form in which I send something to you in. And I was like, mind blown. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come in the form. It doesn't necessarily come with all the chemical attraction. It doesn't necessarily come in the perfect Christian package where you met in church and, you know, like you saw each other across the room or as Bethel does, like squeeze the hand next to you. (laughs) If you want to go on a date, it just, it was really, I was running the race God set before me. And that was all my focus was on was on the Lord. And it really he's written a better story than I ever could. So yeah, now we have Judah, our little three-year-old who is spicy as can be. And we are just (laughs) like in San Diego. Um, Both of our, you know, ministries are just really where God has us are flourishing and we are better together. And I I love it. So yeah. yeah, it's really miraculous. And that's really why I wanted you to tell your story because so many women that are listening to this right now are not sure how God's going to make it all work. And what Courtney and I want to do is just remind you guys that trust him. He can make everything right. It doesn't mean he fixes it up and puts it in a pretty bow or doesn't mean that he will restore the relationship that you're hoping would be restored. But God is faithful and we're all in, in process. And I think one of the things that Courtney and I were talking about before we got on this podcast is just that nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect. And the Bible was really clear, like, try not to get married. But if you if you're burning with lust, you know, you need a partner in life, get married. And the truth is, two are better than one. Yes. When it comes to marriage, yes. When you guys get together and it's the right thing and God has it for you, then yes. But don't rush into don't don't almost I want to say don't fantasize what isn't there. It is real life. This is somebody else on their own journey with their own choices. And so if you are part of a, a love story that was broken or irreparable, or you're part of maybe having a couple failed relationships, we're here to say, we see you. We love you. There's room for you at the table. And um, you are not disqualified. 
and you are not discounted. You are on a journey as are we. And so your marriage status, uh, your divorce status does not dictate your value before God. God loves you and sees you. He knew what he got when he got you. And uh, it really isn't anyone else's business, but yours and God's, uh, what that looks like. I will say, you know, God hates divorce. Courtney and I've talked about this. So we're not, we're not naive to this. God hates divorce because of what it does to us. It hurts us. It breaks families apart. So we're not championing the fact that, yeah, you could start over. No problem. I hope you didn't get that message because Courtney did not say that. I, I was listening. She did not say that. I would not say that. Um, in fact, her dream would have been to stay with the man that she first married and, and had him probably uh, figure it out. He was not able to do that. And really, the marriage was irreparable at that point. So, again, this whole series on relationships have been it's been very eye opening. I hope that you guys have liked this. You've asked us to do stuff on this. So this is for you, Courtney. I just want to thank you and and let you know that I love and respect you and just your vulnerability, your transparency to share this part of the story. Um, it takes courage. It takes courage, no matter who you are to get up and share the parts that we failed in our lives. And so thank you for doing that today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to share it actually. So thanks. It's awesome. And guys, you guys will hear, obviously she's on Truth Table Social. So when you start reading things that you enjoy in quotes, that's her heart. A lot of that stuff is from her. And uh, it's really beautiful to see her and her family and pray for Courtney, pray for her life, pray for her future. I know this story has life on it. And I think there's even more to other people hearing this story as it gets out. If you know somebody who needs to hear the story, make sure and share this podcast with them. Otherwise, you guys, thanks for tuning in. Oh, one last thing I forgot to say. Next month, which is next week on the podcast, we are doing a boundaries refresher. So we're going to talk all about boundaries. No, it's not going to be the Bible study. It's going to be around setting up boundaries for the fall season. So we'll have guests. I'll do a couple on my own. Uh, but if you need a boundaries refresher, don't forget Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get the notifications and check in for the entire month of August. We're going to be going through boundaries. You guys, that's it for now. If you love this, make sure and leave us a review. Five stars if that matters. And uh, other than that, have a great day. I'll see you at work, Courtney. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.